This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Today, I'm covering part two of camera lens mounts and designations and what they mean. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast, episode 239 for Thursday, April 7th, 2022. And I am your host, Liam Douglas. So continuing our discussion on lens mounts and designations, I wanted to circle back to another two mounts that I did not cover last week. And those are the Pentax K mount and the Leica L mount. Now, first of all, the K mount. Pentax introduced the K mount in 1975. And it is the mount that they still use today on all Pentax cameras, whether they are film or digital. Over its 40 year history, the K mount has gone through several enhancements to allow for new camera features and technology. Even though these enhancements have made your Pentax lens from 1975 will still fit and work on a modern Pentax camera body. Pentax shooters are not only loyal to their system, but they also have one of the largest selections of legacy lenses on the market today. Now, the K-mount is a bayonet lens mount, the type employed by all modern lenses, which replaced the original M42 screw mount thus making changing lenses so much faster and easier. While the screw mount requires three complete revolutions of the lens in order to mount tightly, the K-mount only needs a twist of approximately 60 degrees. The diameter of the K-mount is also larger than that of the M42, making faster lenses and more robust optical designs a reality. Exceptional backward-forward compatibility has been retained over the years, meaning that K-mount lenses, old and new alike, will work on nearly all Pentax SLR, DSLR cameras. Now, this is a significant advantage of the Pentax K-mount. There are only a few exceptions to the any lens, any camera compatibility, and they are primarily related to some low-end SLR bodies from the late 1990s, where certain lenses can be mounted fine, but then the camera will refuse to fire. If you've referred to the lens camera compatibility table for details or use the lens compatibility checker tool, if you wish, you can check whether or not a given lens camera pair are fully compatible. And you'll be able to find the link to all this information in the show notes. In daily speak, K-mount refers to all the variants of the mount described, not solely to the original version. We will, in this episode, call the original mount the K-mount and use K-mount as the generic term for any variant. Now, for the overview of the K-mount, DSLR usage. As a rule of thumb, an older Pentax lens will always work on a newer Pentax camera body. All the lens types that are listed can be mounted and used on all Pentax DSLRs with no optical limitations. No adapters are ever required. 
Pentax KAF4 lenses are only fully supported by the Pentax K1, KS1, KS2, K3, K3 Mark II, K70, and KP and newer models. Earlier models cannot operate the aperture mechanism due to the lack of a firmware update and thus aperture adjustments are not possible. Pentax KAF3, KAF2, and KAF lenses support autofocus and full exposure automation on all Pentax DSLRs. Exception, the first D-series K100D and K110D will not autofocus with KAF3 or KAF4 lenses and cannot manually focus lenses that focus by wire, such as the HD and the SMC-DA 18-50mm RE. Pentax KA lenses support full exposure automation on Pentax DSLRs, but manual focusing is required. Pentax K and KF lenses require stop-down metering on Pentax DSLRs and can only be used in M exposure mode. Manual focusing is required. Metering, metering instructions can be found at the link in this article. Now, the original K lens mount as introduced in 1975. The original version had two mechanical links between lens and camera bodies. The aperture control lever, the camera pushes down on this lever during exposure to stop the lens down to the aperture set on the aperture ring. Then you had the aperture simulator, which indicates to the camera how much the lens is stopped down with the aperture ring. It moves in unison with the aperture ring setting. Whatever aperture you set the ring to, it's going to correspond. On the original version of the K-mount, the camera cannot determine the actual aperture value set, but only how much the lens is stopped down. Three stops from fully open to take an example. That information is sufficient to allow for open aperture metering. It explains why a camera can only display F in the viewfinder and on the monitor when a lens of the original K-mount is used. A few lenses, such as the SMC Pentax 1000mm f8, do not have the aperture control lever, and the aperture must be stopped down manually for each shot. You open up to focus, close down to measure the exposure, and then shoot. Pentax reflex lenses, the SMC Pentax 2000mm f13.5 reflex, for example, do not even have an aperture ring. Their aperture is permanently fixed. The aperture simulator is then set to be a fixed position, and the mount is still considered a K-mount. Exposure modes supported are aperture priority and fully manual. Focusing modes is manual. Example of a lens with the K-mount SMC Pentax M 50mm f1.4. Now, the KF mount was introduced in 1981. This was the first Pentax autofocus mount, and it was designed for lenses with a built-in focusing motor. There is no mechanical link involved in the autofocus operation. The mount is a K-mount with one addition. Aperture control lever. The camera pushes down on this lever during exposure to stop the lens down to the aperture chosen on the aperture ring. The aperture simulator indicates to the camera how much the lens is stopped down with the aperture ring and moves in unison with the aperture ring. 
The autofocus contacts, the camera controls the focusing operation through these contacts, just like the autofocus contacts on any of the other lens mounts that we've already talked about. Now, this mount was ahead of its time with all of its electrical autofocus coupling, but the implementation was not very successful. The motor in the lens required so much juice that four batteries were needed. The batteries were placed in the lens, which therefore became quite bulky and heavy. Only one lens, the SMC Pentax AF 35-70mm, was produced in this mount, and only one camera could autofocus with it, the Pentax MEF. On all other cameras, this lens works as if it just had the original K mount. The KF mount was abandoned and did not form the basis for the newer mounts. Now, exposure modes supported were aperture priority and manual only. Focusing modes autofocus with the Pentax MEF camera and manual focus. The only lens with the KF mount was the SMC Pentax AF 35-70mm, which I mentioned a moment ago. Now we move on to the KA mount in 1983. In 83, Pentax introduced a new line of cameras that had a shutter speed priority and program exposure modes in addition to aperture priority and completely manual. This required that the camera be able to set the aperture on the lens and therefore the KA version of the K-mount was created with two new features, a redesigned aperture control lever and lens information contacts. The aperture control lever looks the same as on the K-mount but it is now calibrated differently and can stop the lens down very accurately by fractions of f-stops as determined by the camera's meter. The aperture simulator is unchanged from the K-mount and it indicates to the camera how much the lens is stopped down manually in manual and aperture priority exposure modes and moves in unison with the aperture ring as before. Now the lens information contacts, one to six electrical contacts the contacts marked A is always present. It was originally a pin that would move out and establish contact to the camera when the aperture ring was set to the A position. It would be retracted otherwise. And on teleconverters and in later versions of the mount, it became an electrical contact that is either shorted or open. The other contacts tell the camera what the minimum aperture of the lens is, F22 for example and how many f-stops the lens can be opened up. Six, for example. Usually on a KA mount lenses, only these contacts that are open are present as is evident in the image of the KA mount. Besides the A contact, we can only see two other contacts, the leftmost one and the rightmost one. The contacts on most KA mount lenses are effectively just a drilled hole filled with a gray mass of insulating material. The metal mount acts as a short circuit in the places where the contact would otherwise be a short. So, then the encoding of this information is described in the table, which again, you can find in this article in the show notes. Uh, just follow the link and you'll be able to see all of the images and all of the markouts for the different contacts. Now, the exposure modes supported by this mount are program mode, aperture priority, shutter priority, and manual. Focusing modes, manual. Example of the lens with the KA mount is the SMC Pentax-A. Then we move on to 1989 and the, and the introduction of the KAF mount. 
1989, Pentax reintroduced autofocus, now based on the KAF mount, which was a KA mount with the addition of a digital information contact and an autofocus drive shaft. Aperture control lever works the same as on the KA mount. It stops the lens down very accurately by fractions of f-stops as determined by the camera's meter. The simulator, the aperture simulator, unchanged from the K mount, indicates to the camera how much the lens is stopped down manually in M and aperture exposure modes. It moves in unison with the aperture ring if the lens has one. Otherwise, it's fixed in the position of the A setting of the aperture ring had there been one. Lens information contacts, there were up to six electrical contacts. Refer to the KA mount description for details. The digital information contact was the seventh contact that was added to this mount. The autofocus drive shaft, a motor in the camera, can autofocus the lens by turning this drive shaft. With the introduction of budget price DAL lenses in 2008, Pentax introduced the KAF mount in plastic as shown in the images in this article. One of the contact pins is replaced by a metal tongue to ensure solid ground contacts between lens and camera, since a mount of plastic in itself cannot provide ground contact. From the KAF mount onward, one or more of the KA lens information contacts are always real contacts, not just a drilled hole filled with an epoxy or a short. Some of our users speculate that these contacts carry more information when the lens is mounted on an autofocus camera. Data is not available from Pentax regarding this. The bottom line is that the KAF mount allows the camera to read various types of information from the lens. The current focal length will vary for zoom lenses, a code identifying the lens model, distance to subject, current maximum aperture, which may vary by zoom lens, and possible additional information. Some of today's lenses with the KAF mount have no aperture ring. In that case, the aperture simulated level is fixed in a position corresponding to the A setting of the aperture ring had there been one. This ensures compatibility with older camera bodies. Exposure modes that are supported by this mount are program, shutter priority, aperture priority, and full manual. Focusing modes, autofocus with screw drive and manual focus. Examples of a lens with a KAF mount, the SMC Pentax F 50mm F1.7. Then we come on to move on to the KAF-2 mount of 1991. The KAF-2 mount was introduced in 1991 and added provision for power zooms to the lens mount by augmenting the mount with two power contacts. On today's lenses with the KAF-2 mount, these contacts are for powering the in-lens autofocus motor, the SDM-DC autofocusing. The mount originally came in two flavors with power contacts and without power contacts. To reduce confusion, Pentax has recently renamed the KAF-2 mount without power contacts to KAF. As an example, the SMC Pentax FA 31mm F1.8 Limited was said to have a KAF-2 mount when it was introduced. Today, Pentax calls it a KAF mount, even though its mount hasn't changed. The new terminology is used inconsistently but should it prevail, it would be less confusing way of naming the mounts. A KAF-2 mount with power contacts is physically a KAF mount with the addition of power contacts. For power zoom lens 
lenses, additional information about the lens is transmitted to the camera. Here under the aperture where the lens is physically at its shortest, this allows the camera to retract the zoom on power off. The aperture control lever works the same as on the KA mount. It stops the lens down very accurately by fractions of f-stops as determined by the camera's meter. The aperture simulator is unchanged from the K mount. Indicates to the camera how much the lens is stopped down manually in both manual and aperture priority exposure modes. And it moves in unison with the aperture ring if there is one. On lenses with no aperture ring, the tab is fixed in the position of the A setting of the aperture ring should there have been one. Lens information contacts that are up to six of these refer to the KA mount description for details. Digital information contact, the seventh contact that was introduced with the KAF mount. Autofocus drive shaft is a motor in the camera that can autofocus the lens by turning the drive shaft of the lens. The power contacts, when originally introduced, these contacts provided power for power zoom lenses. How these lenses work um, is explained in an accompanying article. Today, the power contacts provide juice for in-lens focus motors, the SDM or DC autofocus. High-end Pentax DSLRs support some power zoom functions in addition to the SDM DC autofocus support. The KAF2 mount retains the drive shaft for screw drive autofocus, even if the lens has a built-in autofocus motor. All KAF2 mount lenses will thus autofocus even on autofocus-enabled cameras that lack power contacts. Most of the current lenses with a KAF2 mount have no aperture ring. In that case, the aperture simulator level lever is fixed to a position corresponding to the A setting of the aperture ring had there been one. Exposure modes that are supported by this mount are program, aperture priority, shutter priority, and manual. Focus modes, autofocus, all lenses have screw drive. Some also have SDM and DC or manual focus. Examples of a lens with a KAF2 mount, the SMC Pentax DA 300 millimeter F4. In 1997, Pentax made a few more tweaks to the KA2 mount with the autofocus drive shaft and without the power contacts. No Pentax lenses have this mount, but it was used on the manual focus Pentax MZ-M uh, slash ZX-M film camera. So that was the only thing it was used for. Now on to the KAF3 mount circa 2007. This is the second most recently introduced variant. It has no autofocus drive shaft, but is otherwise like a KAF2 mount with power contacts. This means that lenses with a KAF3 mount all have built-in autofocus motor, and that autofocus is not available with cameras predating the Pentax K10D, K100D Super. The aperture control lever fixed in the position corresponding to the aperture ring being in the A position had there been one. The aperture simulator fixed in the position of the A setting and the aperture ring had there been one. Lens information contacts, there are up to six of these, refer to the KA mount description for details. Digital information contact, the seventh contact, introduced with the KAF mount. Power contacts, these contacts provide juice for in-lens focus motors, SDM or DC autofocus. Exposure modes supported are program, aperture, shutter, and manual. Focus modes, autofocus with no screwdrive, and manual focus.
An example of this lens would be with the KAF3 mount would be the SMC Pentax DA 18 to 135 millimeter F35 to 5.6. And the final version, the KA4 mount made its debut in mid 2016 with the HD Pentax DA 55 to 300 millimeter F45 to 6.3 ED PLM WRRE alphabet soup lens. <laughs> wow, a lot of letters in there. Uh, this mount is identical to the KAF3, except that the aperture control lever has been removed. Instead, the aperture diaphragm is electronically controlled by an electromagnetic actuator in the lens itself. The camera gives the command to stop down the lens. As a result, this mount only supports cameras whose firmware has been updated to control the aperture. As of its launch, the KAF4 is only compatible with the Pentax K70, KS2, KS1, K1, K3, K3 Mark II, KP, and newer bodies. On other cameras, the lenses will always shoot wide open and aperture control will not be possible. KAF4 also debuts a new type of autofocus PLM or pulse motor optimized for continuous video autofocus. Exposure modes supported are program, aperture, shutter, and manual. Focus modes are autofocus with no screw drive and manual focus. Smoother aperture adjustments thanks to electromagnetic actuator. Examples of a lens with a KAF4 mount are the HD Pentax DA 55-300-4563 EDPLMWR. Now, in addition, many of the current K-mount lenses do have weather sealing. Seals are placed within the lens so that dust and moisture cannot get inside the lens, and there is also a rubber gasket on the mount part itself. The mount seal is black on star lenses, i.e. DA, and red on other lenses. For third-party variants of the K-mount, Pentax made the original K-mount available for other camera manufacturers to adopt. The goal was to create a universal standard bayonet mount, much like the M42 screw mount had been. Ricoh, Shinon, and others produced cameras and lenses with the K mount. Unfortunately, with the introduction of the KA mount, Pentax reversed the decision, with the result that the other manufacturers either abandoned the K mount or developed their own, somewhat incompatible enhancements. Several third-party lens manufacturers produced or have produced lenses with a K-mount. There are no issues with current third-party lenses and K-mount, but for older lenses, there are two traps to watch out for. The infamous Ricoh pin, where Pentax created the KA mount in order to support program and shutter exposure automation, Ricoh had to create their own variant which has a protruding pin placed in somewhat unfortunate location, namely in the exact spot where Pentax years later placed the autofocus drive shaft. Such a Ricoh lens will get stuck when mounted on a Pentax autofocus body. The Ricoh pin will get lodged in the drive shaft and prevent the lens from being removed without deployment of finesse, patience, and some special tools. The other trap is the shield that protects the aperture stop-down lever. Uh, let's see, the image to the left shows that the shield should look like and does look like on a genuine Pentax lens. Some older third-party lenses have a much larger shield, which prevents mounting the lens on a Pentax DSLR. Current third-party lenses, Sigma, Tamron, Rokinon, etc., have correctly shaped shields or no shields, 
and they thus pose no problem. Now for the crippled came out. This is not a lens characteristic, but a camera feature, or rather the lack thereof. All Pentax DSLR bodies lack the tab that would otherwise read the position of the aperture simulator lever. Uh, certain low-end film SLR bodies lack this tab as well. As a result, original came-out lenses must be used in manual exposure mode with the stop-down metering method, which is the green button metering on these cameras. Flange distance as registered, the distance from the film plane or sensor to the mount flange on the camera body is 45.46 millimeters. This is the same distance as was used with the M42 screw mount. Pentax to Kumar screw mount lenses dating back to 1957 can therefore be used on a K-mount camera with a simple adapter that sits flush with the K-mount. This distance is shorter than what Nikon uses, 46.5 millimeters, and longer than what Canon uses, which is 44 millimeters. This means that K-mount lenses can be adapted to a Canon camera without loss of infinity focus, but not so with Nikon. Decoding the lens information contacts. The KAF and later mounts have seven lens information contacts. The first six, numbered one through six, are also found on the KA mount and will be explained below. The seventh contact is the digital data control contact where exact way of working hasn't been published by Pentax. But we know it facil facilitates communication of detailed information about the lens to the camera, like identity of the lens, the focal length, distance to subject, aperture as it varies during zooming, MTF lens quality data, etc. The functioning of the first six contacts in connection with a KA mount, like the ones below, are to the right is well understood. However, pins one, five, and six convey the aperture range of the lens in half stops. Pins two and four convey the minimum aperture of the lens. Pins, pin three shorted if the aperture ring is set to A or if there is no aperture ring. Open if the aperture ring is set manually to some F-stop. An example is an SMC Pentax A 50mm f2.8 lens has a range of six stops from 2.8 to f22. This is represented as follows. Pin 1 open, pin 5 shorted, pin 6 open, and the minimum aperture of f22 is represented as pin 2 open and pin 4 open. The possible settings are as follows, where O means open contact or insulated spot, and S means the shorted contact or blank mount. So in conclusion, it is remarkable that so many Pentax lenses from the original K lineup to the latest KAF4 uh, releases can be used on modern Pentax SLRs without any need for an adapter. With only a handful of exceptions, Pentax engineers have chosen to keep their iconic lens mount backwards and forwards compatible by improving the mount incrementally without ever needing to redesign it. Controls, features, and changes. Rubber sealing on the back of the DA 50 to 200 millimeter, one to four, uh, 5.6 EDWR. Compared to the non-WR version of the lens, there are further seals on the inside of the lens that are not externally visible. Image stabilization, unlike Canon and Nikon, Pentax provides shake reduction, SR functionality within the camera instead of inside each lens to be purchased. This is advantageous as any lens can be used with a full 
uh, shake reduction functionality as the lenses are more economical to manufacture. They do not require any shake reduction equipment inside. Weather sealing, many Pentax lenses like their medium to high end camera bodies are weather sealed, allowing for their continued use in poor weather and wet locations. Lenses marked as WR bear a simplified weather resistant construction, which makes it difficult for water to enter the lens compared to the DA and AW lenses, which are dust proof and water resistant. Pentax currently provides weather sealed premium lenses up to 560 millimeters. The largest lens produced by Pentax was the Reflex 2000 millimeter with a non-mirrored lens available up to the A 1200 millimeter. As with most manufacturers, telephotos of this range are no longer in production. Pentax provided premium focal lengths well beyond 1200 millimeters, such as their 3800 millimeter through the Pentax telescope division. Full manual focus first introduced in, at Pentax 2003 with the DA 16 to 45 millimeter, the quick shift focus system made it possible that the focus ring doesn't move during autofocus operations. Also, after focusing using the autofocus, the focus ring can be turned to allow immediate focus adjustment for manual focus without the need for an autofocus manual focus switching operation or AMF, AM or AFMF switch, I should say. Uh, powered zoom. Some FA lenses did come with an integrated motor and two additional electronic contacts with power zoom functionality. This allows to change the focal length with a small twist of the zoom ring at three different speeds. Most Pentax digital SLRs today do support the first two basic functions of power zoom lenses. Supersonic drive motor. The Pentax developed SDM autofocus system with SDM standing for supersonic drive motor departs from the previous Pentax system, which utilizes a screw drive autofocus motor inside the camera itself. Instead, SDM lenses incorporate an autofocus micromotor as part of the lens itself. All current production Pentax digital SLR bodies are compatible with SDM lenses. However, the DA 55mm, DA 17-70mm, and DA 18-135mm lenses are not compatible with some older Pentax digital SLRs, such as the K110D, first version, K100D, and earlier models. The K100 Super, uh, D Super is compatible, provided it has up-to-date firmware. The SDM mechanism is claimed to provide smoother and quieter focusing. The first Pentax cameras to support SDM lenses were the K10D firmware 1.30 or later, the K100D Super. These and subsequent Pentax DSLR bodies support both SDM and in-camera screw-driven autofocus. So as you can see, although Pentax isn't a larger player in the camera world, they're not nearly as big as Canon or Nikon or Fujifilm or Sony, they do have a rich history for their K-mount system and their K-mount lenses. All right, so now we'll move on to the Leica L-mount. The Leica L-mount is a bayonet mount developed by Leica Camera AG for interchangeable lens autofocus digital cameras. The L mount has an inner diameter of 51.6 millimeters and a flange depth of 20 millimeters. The L mount exists in two versions, an APS-C version, TL, and a full frame version, SL. 
The two versions are mechanically and electronically compatible. TL lenses mounted on full-frame cameras will cause the camera to use a crop mode from the center of the sensor, corresponding to the APS-C coverage of the lens. SL lenses mounted on TL cameras function normally, providing a 1.5 times crop field of view, as is typical with APS-C cameras. In 2018, Leica formed the L-Mount Alliance, licensing Sigma and Panasonic to use an upgraded version of the mount for their own products opening the way for a more extensive system of fully compatible cameras and lenses. T-mount to L-mount. It was introduced in April 2014 with the Leica T-Type 701 camera. At the time of the introduction, it was called the T-mount, but this was changed later to the L-mount with the release of the Leica SL, a full-frame sensor camera using the same mount. The Leica T was renamed to the Leica TL at this time to permit marketing clarity for the L-mount lens line. TL lenses would cover APS-C sensors, while SL lenses would cover full-frame sensors. The mount is used by the Leica TL discontinued, TL2, Leica CL2017, and Leica SL systems. The L-mount is a registered trademark of Leica Camera AG. As far as the L-Mount Alliance, on September 25, 2018, the L-Mount Alliance between Leica, Panasonic, and Sigma was announced, enabling the partners to make use of the L-Mount standard developed by Leica for their own developments and to offer both cameras and lenses, utilizing this lens mount with full compatibility between the three companies' products. According to Sigma CEO Kaz, uh, Kazuto Yamaki, I hope I pronounced that right. The L-Mount system is not exactly the same as the existing one. We updated it a little bit to work better with such lenses through lens adapters. On the same day, Panasonic announced its S1R and S1 full-frame L-Mount cameras and three L-Mount lenses with seven more lenses to be launched by 2020. Sigma announced that it will launch a full-frame camera in 2019 using the L-Mount in the company's Foveon sensor, as well as a range of L-mount lenses and adapters for Sigma SA and Canon EF lenses. Six cameras and 39 native lenses are confirmed for the L-mount by 2020. Leica has an existing range of 15 L-mount lenses. Panasonic committed to releasing a total of 10 lenses for the L-mount by the end of 2020, beginning with the 50mm f1.4 prime and the two zooms listed below stating that they would provide details at Photokina 2019. Sigma plans to release a wide range of lenses, 14 primes for Sigma's global vision range, primarily designed for reflex cameras with short flange depths and currently available for mirrorless Sony E-mount, will also be released in L-mount from 2019. These will be followed by a range designed specifically for mirrorless parameters. Lens adapters, there's the Leica R Adapter L, the Leica S Adapter L, the M Adapter L, the PL Adapter L, the NovaFlex SL to EOS Adapter, the NovaFlex SL slash NIK Adapter, and the Sigma MC21SAL. The Sigma MC21EF-L, Sigma manufactured Global Vision EF mount lenses are fully supported and compatible although non-Sigma EF mount lenses remain unguaranteed.
So as you can see, with the creation of the L-Mount Alliance, Leica significantly expanded the L-Mount and its usability, which now is interchangeable across three different cameras, the Leicas, the Panasonics, and the Sigmas. So it wasn't a bad thing that they created this little L-Mount Alliance. And it's great for people that like to shoot with the L-Mount system because it gives them a lot more variety in lenses and camera bodies to choose from. Because if you don't already know, the old saying is only doctors and lawyers can afford Leicas. They're fairly expensive cameras. Okay, so now let's talk about Tokina lenses. Now, Tokina is the third-party lens maker that builds and sells lenses for most of the major mounts on the market today. And I'm going to give you the history of Tokina lenses starting in 1950. So in 1950, Tokyo Koki Manufacturing Enterprises is founded. The company's main speciality is in glass polishing and in the mass production of lenses for film projectors. However, due to the development of the Pacific military conflict, the newborn company experiences financial difficulties and ends up ceasing its activities. In 1959, after its restoration, the company resumes all of its businesses in glass polishing and SLR lens assembly for other companies. In 1960, in the 60s, the company started up production of its own lenses under the Tokina brand. The company thus establishes itself as a manufacturer of optical lenses for SLR cameras. The first representative lens models to enter the market are the Tokina 300mm f5.5, the 200mm f4.5, and the 135mm f2.8. In 1963, the company debuts at Photokina International exhibit, exhibit, and in the same year, the Olympic Games are held in Tokyo. In 1967, Tokina's 90-200mm to f4.5 is Tokina's first zoom lens, and it was marketed beginning in 1967. In 1971, the company changes its name uh, to Tokina Kugaku Company Limited. In 1975, Tokina Macro Zoom Lens Series starts to be one of the main productions from the Tokina brand. In 1977, Tokina macro lenses sales significantly increased. In 1978, with the increasing popularity and demand of Tokina optics for SLR cameras, Tokina secures its position on the market and thus releases the new Tokina 80 to 200 millimeter f4 and the 35 to 105 f35 to 4.5 lens models, with an explosive effect on the global photography market. It is this year that Tokina's 80 to 200 millimeter f4 lens is a million seller around the world. In other words, they sold over a million units worldwide. 1981, a high quality series of AT-X lenses for professional photographic equipment was born this year. Representatives of this series are some models such as the Tokina 80 to 200 f2.8, the 35 to 70 2.8, the 24 to 40 2.8, the 90mm 2.5, the macro 35 to 200 f35 to 4.5, the 28 to 135 f35 to 4.5, the 100 to 300 f4, and the 300mm f2.8. Thus, Takina enters the market of fast zoom lenses with a high magnifying power and registers the highest profit in the history of the company. 
1985, with the release of Minolta A7000, Takina lenses are provided with a built-in autofocus motor. In 1987, the photography market unleashes the competition between Minolta and Canon, which in this year announces the EOS 630 and the 650 lens model with built-in AF motor. Tokina seeks to enter the market with its own underdevelopment autofocus system. In 1988, Tokina launches Tokina 28-70, 35-45, and 70-210, 35-45 with a Canon EOS mount. These lens models also have built-in autofocus motors. In 1990, the Tokina AF 28-70, F35-45, the AF 70-210, 45-56, 1 and 2, the AF 20-35, F35-45, the ATX 17mm, F35, the ATX 100mm, F2.8 macro, the AF 75-300, F45-56, and the ATX 400mm, F5.6 lens models become available for sale. In 1994, the company is absorbed by Kenko Company as the subsidiary company and renames itself Tokina Company Limited. In the period of 94 to 96, Tokina also develops and launches a new series of ATX Pro lenses. From 1994 to 2000, they had the ATX 270, the AF Pro 28 to 70 2.8, the ATX 828 AF Pro 80 to 200mm f2.8, the ATX 840-AF 400- or 80-400mm f4.5-5.6, the ATX 235 AF Pro, which is the 20 to 35 millimeter 2.8, the ATX 280 AF Pro, which is the 28 to 82.8, and the ATX 242 AF, which is the 24 to 200 F35 to 5.6. Moreover, a new series of lenses comes out with the EMZ 28 to 80 millimeter F35 to 5.6, the 100 to 300 5.6 to 6.7 the 28-210-35-5.6, and the 100mm f3.5 macro lens models. In 1999, a Tokina subsidiary branch is founded in Shenzhen, China, for the production of CCTV lenses and quality control lines in factories. In 2002, with the advent of DSLR cameras, Nikon D100 and Canon D30 DSLR cameras are sold at an affordable price for amateur photographers, resulting in average incomes. Tokina thus begins researching on the development and production of lenses for digital cameras. In November of 2004, Tokina ATX124 Pro DX, the 12-24 F4 lens model, is launched and becomes the first ever model for APS-C size digital cameras with an APS-C sensor. It is sold at a more affordable price compared to the Nikon 12-24 F4 model, and its high-quality features make this model instantly popular in the global market. In the photography market, this lens will hold a leading position until 2010. In 2005, the new Tokina ATX M100 Pro DX 100mm f2.8 macro lens is launched in April. In 2006, the company moves to a new head office in the Saitama Prefecture. Tokina ATX 107 DX Fisheye, the 10-17 f3.5-4.5 lens model, is launched in September. And the Tokina ATX535 Pro DX 50-135 2.8 lens model in October of the same year. Compared to 2005, the company's sales increased by 1.5 times.
in 2007, Takina ATX-165 Pro 16 to 50 millimeter 2.8 lens model is launched in March. And the Takina ATX M35 Pro DX 35mm f2.8 macro lens is launched in December of the same year. In 2008, Takina acquires TSS Manufacturing Company for the manufacture of rotary position platforms for security systems. Takina also acquires Sun Engineering Company and founds a base in Fukuyama uh, Prefecture for the production of components for video surveillance systems. In February of the same year, Takina announces another hit and strong suit in its line, the Takina ATX-116 Pro DX, which is an 11 to 16 millimeter f2.8 lens. This wide-angle aperture lens for APS-C-sized cameras becomes extremely popular in Japan and especially abroad, where video recording begins to take off with DSLR cameras. The lens fits nicely into this new market niche. In November of 2008, the upgraded ATX-124 Pro DX2 12-24mm f4 lens model becomes or comes with a built-in autofocus motor for Nikon mid-range and entry-level cameras. In May of 2009, Takina launches Takina ATX-16.5 to 135mm f3.5 wide-angle to telephoto lens model. In August of 2010, Takina ATX 16 to 28 f2.8 Pro FX lens model, which is Takina's first lens for full-frame DSLR cameras, is launched. In 2011, Takina's ATX 17 to 35 Pro FX second model for full-frame DSLR cameras is launched. In 2000, June of 2012, Takina Company merged with Kenko Company, resulting in the company changing its name to Kenko Takina Company Limited. And the total annual revenue from sales is increased from 20 billion Japanese yen. A month before this event, the company announced the start sales of the Reflex 300mm f63 MF macro mirror lens for the micro four-thirds system. Takina ATX-116 Pro DX 11-16mm f2.8 lens model is also upgraded to the Mark II. In April of 2013, Tokina's ATX 12-28 F4 Pro DX lens model for the APS-C size cameras is released. In 2014, Tokina's ATX 70-200 F4 Pro FX VCMS lens, the first model for full-frame DSLR cameras with optical stabilization system, is launched. In 2015, Tokina's ATX 11-20 F2.8 Pro DX model uh, lens model for the APS-C size cameras and Takina's ATX 24-70 Pro FX model for full-frame uh, DSLR cameras are both launched. For 2016, Takina's ATX 14-20 F2 Pro DX wide zoom lens for APS-C cameras is released. In 2017, Takina Firin 20mm F2 FEMF first Takina lens for full-frame mirrorless cameras is released. In 2018, Takina releases the Firin 20mm F2 FEAF for mirrorless cameras and Opera 50mm 1.4 FF for top-class DSLR cameras. And in 2019, Takina announces the Opera 16-28mm F2.8 FF for top-class DSLR cameras, the Firin 100mm F2.8 FE macro for mirrorless cameras, 
an improved ATX-I 11-16 f2.8 CF and an ATX-I 100mm f2.8 full-frame macro lens. As far as Takina's lens designations, FX is a mount type built for 35mm equivalent body, similar to Canon's EF and Nikon's FX mounts. DX is the mount type built for APS-C sensor size bodies. These lenses will not be compatible with full-frame camera bodies, similar to the Canon EFS and the Nikon DX mount. The ATX-Pro is a line of lenses created with extra attention to quality for professionals. The ATX is a line of lenses created for typical consumers. Lenses with this designation are usually lighter and cheaper. IF indicates the presence of internal focusing system. The FE indicates the presence of floating element system. This technology improves focusing by correcting astigmatism for minimum focus distance to infinity. AS stands for spherical optics. This technology corrects for spherical aberrations as well as light quality and distortion. F and R indicates advanced spherical optics, which provides even illumination in the corners and correction of spherical aberrations throughout the entire image. SD indicates super low dispersion, with which elements uh, eliminates chromatic aberration. Excuse me. HLD stands for high refraction, low dispersion, which helps to eliminate chromatic aberrations in wide-angle lenses. MC stands for multi-coating. This feature helps to eliminate lens elements, surface reflections, improving image quality. FC stands for focus clutch, which is the mechanism that allows for switching the lens between autofocus and manual focus modes. So as you can see, although a lot of people think that Takina lenses are a newer thing that's only been around for a few years, Takina actually has a fairly long and rich history as a maker of optics for SLRs and DSLR, as well as mirrorless camera bodies. So uh, they do have much more of a history than a lot of young photographers believe they do. A lot of people tend to think that they're one of the new kids on the block when they're actually one of the ones that's been around the longest as far as lens makers are concerned. Okay, and now we move on to Zeiss lenses. Now, for those of you that don't know, Zeiss is like the 800-pound gorilla in the room when it comes to photography lenses, and they've been around for an extremely long time, not only making lenses for other camera systems, but even making their own cameras as well. Zeiss lenses are used wherever excellent image quality, reliability, and outstanding results are absolutely required. For example, the photos from the first moon landing in 1969 were taken with Zeiss lenses as well as numerous Oscar-winning films such as Barry Lyndon, The Lord of the Rings trilogy, and the James Bond movie Skyfall were all shot with Zeiss lenses. In addition to founder Carl Zeiss, it was physicist and mathematician Ernest Abe who played a particularly important role in the company's history. He was responsible for some of the fundamental and groundbreaking insights into the understanding of optical systems that still form the basis for the state-of-the-art high-performance optics. Even today, the, the ABE-SYN condition must be fulfilled by all high-performance lenses in order for them to be produced, to produce sharp images of objects. In this tradition, Zeiss has continuously perfected its calculation methods for the manufacture of lenses and is now the global leader in optical design. Carl Zeiss, who was originally from Weimar, Germany, founded a workshop for precision mechanics and optics in Jena 
1846. Initially, microscopes were almost exclusively manufactured there. Physicist Ernst A. became a partner and put the company's lens production on a scientific footing. In 1890, he began to expand the product range and started developing photographic lenses and binoculars. Types of glass with significantly improved optical properties, which chemist Otto Schnapp had first produced in 1880s, opened up entirely new possibilities. With the invention of the first anastomatic distortion-free imaging lens, later named Protar, by scientist Paul Rudolph, Zeiss ushered in a new era in the development of camera lenses. The company began to develop models of lenses with unprecedented speed. Some of the milestones in lens development at Zeiss. Even the first camera lenses made by Zeiss in the 1890s stood out thanks to their ability to correct spherical aberrations, outstanding color reproduction, and their minimal distortion. These antistomatic and chromatic lenses, which also corrected field curvature and astigmatism in addition to offering comparatively good light transmission, owed their development to the achievements of the optical designers and innovative glass developed by Otto Schott. He achieved this by combining high refractive power with low color dispersion, heavy crown glass. In 1896, Zeiss introduced the planar lens. Its minimal field curvature produces a flat image, plan in German, which gave the planar lens its name. The planar lens type remains the basis of professional optical tools for all photography on Earth and in space today. In 1902, Zeiss applied for a patent for an invention that would become the most famous and most copied camera lens of all time, the Tessar. It allowed the user to achieve a previously unattainable level of image sharpness with astonishing little effort while still being compact. With this model of lens, Zeiss paved the way for the miniaturization in camera design and continues to this day. Millions of lenses used in high-quality cameras and smartphones are modeled on the Tessar design. Today's modern lenses also incorporate surfaces that are now mostly a spherical and therefore much more advanced, offering even greater image quality. In the early 1930s, Zeiss developed Sonar, S-O-N-N-A-R, the fastest light transmission lenses of their time for the contacts 35mm camera from Zeiss uh, Zeiss This new standard of lenses significantly increased the 35mm camera's range of uses. Another groundbreaking process invented by Zeiss in 1935 allowed users to begin capturing images of unparalleled clarity, the anti-reflective coating marked as T on today's lenses. A coating vapor deposited onto the glass surface of the lens increases light transmission and reduces unwanted reflections and stray light in the camera. Thanks to this technology, optical systems today can be highly complex and extremely fast at the same time. In 1937, Zeiss developed the Aeroflex 35 movie camera in partnership with the manufacturer of camera systems, Ari, a milestone in the history of film. For the first time ever in a cinema camera, it was possible to see the image in full quality and directly through the lens in the viewfinder while filming. Since then, countless films have been produced using Zeiss lenses, including many successful Hollywood blockbusters. 
1943, Zeiss was the first lens manufacturer to develop a method for measuring a lens image quality using MTF, or modulation transfer function curves. Numerous manufacturers still use this for quality control today. Zeiss also played a pioneering role in optical design using computer technology. CAD-supported lens development replaced manual design in 1961 and has since made it possible to achieve much more complex structure and better interaction between the elements within the lens housing. In 1950, a handshake between Victor Hasselblad, the founder of the company of the same name, and Zeiss, as head of research at the time, Dr. Hans Sauer, marked the beginning of a decades-long partnership to manufacture and develop professional lenses that have been used by generations of professional photographers. Among other products, this partnership led to the development of the Distagon lens model, which is still used today as the basis for high-performance lenses with impressive color correction, speed, image field flatness and distortion correction. In July 20, 1969, a dream became reality. Humans landed on the moon for the first time. Zeiss played a key role in this ambitious project. Camera lenses specially developed for space enabled the astronauts to capture images of this monumental event and many other missions. Further information on Zeiss's contribution to the lunar missions is available at zeiss.com moon. At the end of the 1960s, advances in the design of camera lenses made it possible for Zeiss to create another family of state-of-the-art optical products, lithography optics for semiconductor production. Learn more at zeiss.com slash SMT. In 1987, Hollywood honored Zeiss extremely fast camera lenses for the first time with one of the coveted Academy Awards from the Academy of Motion Picture, Arts and Sciences in the Science and Engineering category. Two more followed for the concept and optical design with the Zeiss Aeroflex variable prime lenses in 1999 and the Zeiss Arius uh, master prime lenses in 2012. Over the past 25 years, partnerships with Sony and Nokia have led to the widespread use of Zeiss's lenses. Sony has been installing them in its compact cameras and camcorders since 1996. This was followed by interchangeable Sony Zeiss lenses produced for the Alpha series of cameras. Zeiss optics have also been available in Sony smartphones since 2020. Nokia smartphone users have been able to take pictures with built-in Zeiss lenses since 2005. Zeiss has grown to develop its own photography lens families like the Zeiss Loxia, to it and Batis for the Sony Alpha and Fuji X series of cameras, as well as the Zeiss Milvus and high-end Zeiss Otis lenses for DSLR cameras. Zeiss also continues to lead the film industry with superb line of Zeiss Supreme Prime and Supreme Prime Radiance lenses for feature film production. In 2020, the company released the Zeiss ZX-1, its statement on photography and the associated workflow in a connected digital world. The 35mm lens used in the Zeiss uh, ZX-1 is based on the Distagon lens design and is tailored to the specially developed Zeiss sensor. You can read more about the history of cameras from Zeiss and subsidiaries in the background article, Cameras from Zeiss, a look at the history of cameras. So what is it that gives Zeiss its legendary status? The experience of multiple generations of design, maximum manufacturing precision, and an uncompromising passion for optical systems? Absolutely. 
But even more important are the stories that photographers and filmmakers have been, tell, have been telling with the help of its lenses for 130 years. With personality, creativity, and a flair for spotting the right moment, they help others discover the world anew. For more information, you can visit Zeiss.com slash consumer dash products. So Zeiss has been around probably longer than anyone else when it comes to lens technology, and they are the epitome in optical quality and precision. But as you can imagine, their lenses are also fairly expensive. I don't personally own a Zeiss lens. I never have um, just because they're to me, it's just too much money. I mean, yes, the quality is superb, but I can't see spending, you know, a thousand, two thousand dollars for a prime lens that I can get from my camera manufacturer for a fraction of that. I just, uh, I've never been inclined to. Uh, it doesn't bother me that all Zeiss's lenses are manual focus only. I don't believe they make any autofocus lenses for any of the other camera manufacturers. And that doesn't bother me. I've shot for many years with manual only lenses. You know, I started out in the world of film where everything was manual. So I just don't see the need to spend that kind of money on a lens. I understand they're high quality premium lenses and you pay a premium price. The old saying, you get what you pay for, but uh, a little too rich for my blood. Okay, so now on to a newer lens company, Viltrox. Viltrox is a company that's been around since 2009. And they started out making photography accessories such as lighting equipment, camera cages, video monitors, and the like. More recently, Viltrox has branched out into making lenses as well, and they currently offer lenses for the Fujifilm X-Mount, the Sony E-Mount, the Canon EOS M, Nikon Z, and the Leica L-Mount. They also recently released a total of five lenses for the X-Mount, including the 13mm, the 23 the 33 the 56 and an 85mm, all of them sporting wide apertures of f1.4, except the 85 which is an f1.8. Now, in addition to these regular lenses, they also offer a collection of the 23 33 and 56mm in a red edition in limited quantities. Now, I do personally own the Viltrox 33mm 1.4, which is a 50mm full-frame equivalent, and I'm extremely happy with this lens. The only thing that it lacks is weather sealing, but for a price of $279, you can't complain. And their other lenses are all averaging $329, except for I've read recently that they have a 13mm coming out, which is going to be $499, I believe. Now, as I said, I definitely can't complain, and the quality of their lenses is very nice. Their autofocus is very fast and accurate, and it'll be interesting to see if going forward, they'll someday start offering lenses for the Canon RF mount as well. Now, in addition to the other products, Viltrox also started making lens adapters, such as an EF to RF adapter, which I had the honor of reviewing for them on my YouTube channel. You can find the review at the link in the show notes. I was highly impressed with the performance, and it seemed to work every bit as well as the genuine Canon adapters do, which is an extremely impressive feat. And their adapter, as you can imagine, is considerably less expensive. Uh, their adapter goes for, if I remember right, $50, where the cheapest Canon, the base adapter without the control ring, is $99. So about half the price. Next, let's talk about Seven Artisans. Now, Seven Artisans is a group of Chinese camera enthusiasts who came together for dinner in, a summer, in the summer of 2015. 
They discussed their passion over the dinner table. Some were interested in optical design, while others were more skilled at running factory production lines, and one was an avid Leica lens collector. Everyone who participated came to the same conclusion. Quote, if we involve our skills and work together, we can create new high-quality original camera lenses. And that's how the Seven Artisans Project began. During the early stages, many different people joined the project, the project gradually forming the initial team. The road to fulfilling their goal was a long and laborious one. That story began with testing prototypes and identifying problems, improving on designs, as well as streamlining assembly and identifying further issues. Quote, we harnessed these problem-solving opportunities to strengthen our existing ideas and come up with entirely new ones. The cycle of trial and error never ceased. Years passed since our initial prototype. By September 2016, we reached a total of 100 mass production unit samples of the 50mm f1.1 lens. We originally started with many members, but part of them left the project due to the long product development cycle. By the time production completed, only seven members remained. And now each production packaging of the 50mm 1.1 lens says seven artisans, Chinese, seven craftsmen. This is in honor of the members who believed in the project from the beginning and embodied the spirit of craftsmen. For this confidence and determination, we are named Seven Artisans. Seven Artisans currently offers lenses for cinema, APS-C, and full-frame cameras, as well as drones and filters and adapters for your photography needs. Although they are a bit of a newcomer to the lens-making game, they have been making rather large splashes in the industry and many photographers absolutely love their lenses. Next, there's TT Artisans. Now, these guys are another of the new kids on the block, and they currently offer lenses for full-frame APS-C, and they offer adapter rings and even have their own line of light meters for photography as well. The lenses sport a sleek and beautiful design and are well made of all metal construction and come in both standard black as well as some models being available in a gray-silver finish. Besides their current lineup of all manual lenses, they are starting to release AF models as well. Next, we have Samyang Rokinon. Samyang Optics is a South Korean manufacturer of camera lenses for several major brands of third-party mounts for still photography and for video cameras. The company was founded in 1972 and has about 150 employees. Samyang exports to 58 countries through 39 overseas agents and distributors. Samyang products are also sold under a wide variety of different brand names. Some examples are Rokinon, Bauer, Optica, Vivitar, Phoenix, and Quintaray. Under these various names, Samyang Rokinon makes lenses for APS-C and full-frame, as well as cinema cameras, and they offer both AF models as well as manual-focus and premium manual-focus lenses. When shooting Canon and now Fuji, I have used a variety of their lenses and have been extremely impressed with their precision manufacturing and the quality of their optics. I currently use the Rokinon 12mm f2.8 for my main real estate lens on my X-E4, and I have absolutely no complaints with the quality whatsoever. I have even had them reach out to me to do lens reviews for their products for the Canon mount, and even had them share out my reviews on their social media channels. And I can imagine Sam Yang slash Rokinon will be making high-quality lenses for many, many years to come. 
And one of the newest on the market, although also extremely successful, is Lens Baby. They are last on my list, and certainly not least, they're another newcomer to the game. They make a line of camera lenses for DSLR and mirrorless cameras that combine a simple lens with a bellows or a ball and socket mechanism for use in special effects photography. A lens baby can give effects normally associated with view cameras. The lenses are for use in selective focus photography and bokeh effects. Lens baby lenses can be used with most cameras that accept interchangeable lenses, mainly DSLR, SLR, mirrorless, 35mm film, and PL mount motion cameras. The focus front standard can be manipulated off-axis to move the sharpest area of focus, called the sweet spot, to almost anywhere within the frame. This allows the important part of the subject to be rendered fairly sharp with everything else out of focus, even if it is in the same distance from the camera. The lens baby naturally focuses at approximately two feet. Closer focus is achieved by pushing the front of the lens out, and infinity focus is achieved by pulling the front of the lens toward the base of the lens. There is extreme spherical and some chromatic aberration outside the central sweet spot. Lens baby lenses have no electronic components, disabling autofocus when mounted on modern cameras. The use of autofocus is further undermined by the spherical aberration in the lens. In most cases, lens baby lenses require aperture priority or fully manual mode. The lens baby can also be used for infrared photography, but does not include an index mark for the infrared photography. The history of lens baby. Craig Strong, a professional photographer from Portland, Oregon, invented the first lens baby lens by combining a vacuum cleaner hose body and a large format speed graphic lens. Strong redesigned the original prototype. He then partnered with entrepreneur Sam Pardue uh, to form Lens Babies LLC. The original Lens Baby was launched in 2004 at the WPPI trade show. Images taken with the original Lens Baby featured a sweet spot of sharp focus surrounded by directional blur. This effect was achieved through the use of single element lens. The original Lens Baby used interchangeable drop-in apertures held in by a rubber O-ring. In 2005, Lens Baby released the Lens Baby 2.0, an upgrade to the original model, which featured a sharper, brighter optic, creating greater contrast between areas of blur and sharpness. The Lens Baby 2.0 used interchangeable aperture discs that levitated in front of the optic using magnets. In 2006, Lens Baby introduced the Lens Baby 3G, which used a threaded rod system in combination with a locking mechanism to allow the flexible lens body to be locked in place for repeated results. In 2007, the Lens Baby 3G PL was launched, allowing cinematographers to use Lens Baby lenses on motion picture cameras. In 2008, Lens Baby released three lenses, the Composer, the Muse, and the Control Freak that worked in combination with interchangeable optics. The Muse featured flexible bellows and was similar in design to the Lens Baby 2.0. The Control Freak was an update on the Lens Baby 3G, and the Composer introduced a new ball and socket design, which allowed the user to swivel the lens to move the sweet spot around. Concurrently, four interchangeable optics were released to be used in conjunction with the Composer Muse and Control Freak. In 2010, Scout, the first straight-bodied lens baby lens, was released. It featured a 12-millimeter fisheye optic. 
In 2011, Composer Pro, an upgraded version of the Composer, was released. Composer Pro was sold with the Sweet 35 Optic, a sweet spot selective focus optic. Sweet 35 was the first lens baby optic to feature internal apertures. It was followed in 2012 by another optic with internal apertures, the Edge 80. The Edge 80 optic produced the slice of sharp focus surrounded by smooth blur, similar to the effect created by a tilt shift lens. In 2015, the company introduced the Velvet 56. This lens featured a singlet, doublet, singlet optical design. The company claimed evoked the optical imperfections of lenses manufactured in the mid-1900s. In a departure from its previous Mount Plus optic model in 2014, LensBaby introduced the circular fisheye lens, which was a complete standalone lens in a single unit. In 2015, LensBaby introduced another complete lens, the Velvet 56, which is a 56 millimeter lens capable of one-to-one macro, and by incorporation uh, in intentional spherical aberration more at larger apertures and less as the lens is closed down. The lens also provides a soft focus effect. Further products, lens bodies, lens baby lenses mount directly onto SLR or mirrorless camera bodies. They have interchangeable drop-in optics. Currently, the lineup of lenses come with an optic installed. The Composer Pro Lens body operates on a ball and socket and allows photographers to use selective focus on a tilted plane. This body, uh, lens body, comes with either a 50 millimeter multi coated optical glass doublet with a drop in aperture, 35 millimeter four multi coated glass optic with a 12 blade adjustable aperture, or with an edge 80 optic with 80 millimeter focal length. The Lens Baby Spark is the newest iteration of the original Lens Baby. It contains a fixed uh, 5.6 aperture optic and uses selective focus to create a center of focus surrounded by a gradually increasing blur. It comes in either a Canon EF or Nikon F mount. The Muse is a design similar to the original Lens Baby and the 2.0. It is a simple design, consists of an interchangeable optic attached to a flexible tube bellows. The user both focuses and moves the area in focus by squeezing and bending the lens. It does not hold position and requires the photographer to maintain the focus manually. The Muse is available with a multi-coated glass optical doublet installed and comes with f2.8, f4, f5.6, and f8 aperture discs. It is comparable or compatible with 35mm and PL mount cameras. The Scout does not have a selective focus control and is intended for use on a traditional fisheye lens with very close minimum focus distance. Uh, Lens Baby produces eight different interchangeable drop-in optics. Each optic has a varied effect ranging from sharp slice of focus, soft focus, to pinhole photography. The Edge 80 is an 80 millimeter drop-in optic with adjustable aperture. Its apertures range from 2.8 to 22 and it has a flat field of focus. The minimum focusing distance with this optic is approximately 17 inches when the optic is extended forward and fully tilted. Its maximum focusing distance is infinity. The lens baby macro converters screw on in between the optics and the lens. It is incompatible with current 37 millimeter lens baby accessories. The Sweet 35 is a 35 millimeter drop-in optic with adjustable aperture. Its apertures range from f2.5 to 22 with a selective spot of focus.
It focuses approximately 7.5 inches to infinity from the front of the element. The lens baby macro converters screw on in between the optic and lens. It is incompatible with the current 37 millimeter lens baby accessory. The soft focus is a 50 millimeter drop-in optic with swap swappable aperture discs that range from F2 up to 22. Their fisheye is a 12 millimeter drop-in optic with swappable aperture discs that range from F5.6 to 22. The optic has a 160 degree angle of view and focuses from 0.5 inches from the front of the optic to infinity. The double glass is a 50 millimeter drop-in optic with magnetic swappable aperture discs. The lens glass is a low dispersion, high refractive index, multi-coated optical glass doublet. And the optic kit contains three separate drop-in optics with four separate effects. The single glass, the plastic, the pinhole, and the zone plate. Whoa. All right. So we got through all of these lenses and their mounts and designations over the last two weeks. And I know there's other makers out there, but these are really the big ones that are currently in the world of photography. Now, I highly recommend checking out all of these makers and the products they offer. Now, many of these companies offer lenses that are fairly high quality and inexpensive as well. So you can always find a lens for your camera system that won't break the bank, especially if you're a hobbyist, amateur, or student and have a limited budget to get the lenses that you need most. Remember, if you opt to go pro at some point, you can always upgrade to a higher quality model later on down the road. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you're in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that's going to wrap up episode 239 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing an Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. Also, wanted to remind you to stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, comment on them, like them, share them out on social media. Hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new content drops. And I will see you all again on Sunday for the latest news and rumors.